to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. We have choices. And just because someone else does something that we have no control over, a lot of times we get caught up in so-and-so said this so i had to do this nope so-and-so said that because they said it your response to that is your choice hey bright lights it's angela and welcome back to architecting this is thanksgiving week and i thought it would be great to really not just explore where we feel grateful in life, where we can center and really connect, but also what throws us off balance. Because a lot of the times, the contrast from experiences we don't like can really help to show us that we're making progress and help to give us greater clarity and can really help to point us to new opportunities for growth. If you'd like to explore topics like this more with me, it's almost time in just a couple of weeks on December 3rd, I am having my very first architecting live event here in Cincinnati. It's gonna be a mini retreat really a restorative session that helps you confront some of your demons, some of the things that create stress and burnout in your life so that you can reset, restore, and get greater clarity. I am capping attendance, so make sure that you head over there as soon as you hear this. Don't say, I'll do it later, and then you never get to it because you may find that you're not able to attend If you are anywhere in the greater Cincinnati area, Indianapolis, Louisville, Lexington, Columbus, Dayton, even Cleveland and Pittsburgh, or if you're motivated to come from somewhere else, make sure you check this out and sign up if you feel called. Today's session I thought was particularly appropriate for the holidays because my guest is James Clements, who owns a counseling company called Freedom from Anger. And I thought, you know, with the holidays coming up, people are particularly triggered sometimes by family or these kinds of events that can make you feel more vulnerable, either because you're focusing on what you don't have or loss or regrets or old patterns of behavior that you thought you had evolved beyond, but now you find yourself stuck in. So take a listen. And this interview is an excerpt from an hour-long chat that I had with James that's part of my Wellness for the Working World programs. If you like what you hear and you'd like to hear the whole interview, take a look in the show notes and you will see the link to the Wellness for the Working World. When you go there, you can access not only this interview, but five additional interviews that I have done with different 
wellness experts. And I'm going to keep adding to that. So it's really a deal. If you buy this, you not only get the sessions that are there, but you get any new sessions as they happen. Let's welcome James to the show, and I hope you enjoy this interview. I'm really excited today to have as our guest James Clements, who is the co-founder of Freedom From Anger. This is an organization that specializes in anger and stress management education, and they work with clients both virtually and in person. James is really combining his background in criminal justice as well as in anger management and stress management, which I think we can all relate to that, to help clients. So welcome, James. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. A lot of times people can dismiss anger management as something that's really just for the rageaholics or people who have issues with violence. Can you tell us a little bit more about how anger really works as an emotion and how we're all affected both positively and negatively by it? Anger is a kind of one of those naughty words that we don't like to talk about, but it is an emotion that we all have. Our approach is to look at it as not anger management, but emotion management. If you can learn to manage your anger, you can learn to manage other emotions. It makes sense, though, when you say it, that if you can learn to be more in touch with your emotions in general, any technique you learn about managing your anger, you can apply to all emotions. What can you tell us about the biology of anger and what actually is happening to us with all of our different hormones, et cetera, when something triggers? I'm a huge fan of uh, Dr. Siegel. He, he came up with this brilliant technique to teach how the brain works. And it's very simple. It's basically you hold your hand up, put your thumb in, you make a fist. That's your brain. Right here is the amygdala. That's your alarm clock. This is your smoke detector. Hey, things are going bad. And then the front part, that's the part that we reason with. That's the part that separates us from the animals. Alarm clock goes off. Front part goes out the window. You flip your lid and the fight, flight, or freeze takes over. So we're acting out of you know, response because the adrenaline, cortisol, all that's dumping in our bodies. Boom, flip your lid. Same thing if you're uh, under the influence of uh, alcohol or drugs. You flip your lid and you're out there doing whatever. <laughs> mm. And then the lid closes and then you think, why did I do that? That was stupid. I think it's very important to teach that. Like, it, it's biological. It's not bad. Like you get angry, your lid flips. Hey, it happens to all of us. The main thing is to notice when... I'm having these feelings and my lid's about to flip with my body doing, with my physical reaction to it, and to stop. Just right in there, stop. Okay, I'm getting this alert. I need to back away. You mentioned that anger is related to fight or flight. So something's happening. You feel threatened in some way. And of course, our body does not recognize the difference between a physical threat and an emotional threat or psychological mm -hmm. threat. So we have the same physical response. 
with the stress response, we know there's a lot of cortisol and adrenaline that are released. It's part of what switches our brain. It's part of what shuts down, you know, healing and shuts down digestion, diverts all the blood to our limbs so we can fight off an Mm -hmm. attacker. So what is your research telling us about what we can do to break that? Dr. Newton Hightower, he talks about, you know, being a rageaholic and he views it the same way as an alcohol or drug addiction. I mean, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. So just turn on TV, uh, click on something and you'll find a reason to be upset. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you help people move past that? Because like you said, anger can be energizing. It can make you feel like you have power and it is addictive so if you just can't get over certain things and you're just always feeling worked up how do you break that cycle really focus on what they're in control of i don't want them to expand too much on what they do not have control of which is unfortunately 99 percent of life i have no control of but what do you actually are in control of that's a hard pill to swallow because we're supposed to be in control of everything in actuality it's a very very small uh percentage so i really get them to focus on their thoughts uh, their actions that's what you're in control of Mm. everything else it's going to happen but how are you going to respond a lot of the audience for this show are frazzled people, often like, say, a working mom who's trying to juggle a million things, manage her family, you know, multiple kids with multiple things going on who may or may not be behaving particularly well, manage her relationship with the spouse, maybe managing elderly parents, going to a demanding job with demanding clients, maybe having some politics going on in the workplace. And often what you can find is that you're in that stress response. So then you snap at people. You might be able to control it at work, but then your family feels the brunt of it. Any thoughts on how we can kind of shift our thinking, shift our perspective? Because like you said, there's things we have control of, things we don't have control of. How do you know which is which? A lot of times we we take the stresses from work, home. I know for me personally, when it got to that point, I knew... I probably need a different line of work. <laughs> but I mean, just trying to find like like little ways to quote unquote chill out. I work, I come home, you know, my work's usually dealing with a lot of people that's got a lot of problems, so I can take all that on. So I need to decompress from work to home. What I like to do is just turn on my phone and listen to like a a comedy type podcast. And just kind of let me laugh, kind of decompress before I make it home. Rather than listen to the radio, you could listen to the news or whatever, but it's always bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's always bad news. For me, that little window of time, I live quite away from work. So uh, usually about an hour. So I got an hour to kind of relax, kind of decompress, and trying to find those ways to Take a time out. I've told people, you know, if you're in a situation where you don't seem to have a way out, hide in your closet. 
just relax. <laughs> just take five minutes in silence and just kind of decompress. It's amazing how, how, how well just little small things will work. Yeah, I love that idea that you deliberately choose to do something that's going to create a positive emotion, like whether it's mm -hmm. comedy or listening to something inspirational or music that makes you feel good by replacing your emotions. What is happening there? Are you just like crowding out the anger or forgetting about the anger? How does that really work? It's not crowding it out. To me, it's putting things in, in perspective. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about this, but hey, you know, I enjoy this. So I'm probably going to choose what I enjoy the most. Like we as humans, we want to have satisfaction. Trying to find what's going to work best for me, what's going to feel good. For me, that's, you know, this trumps this. So, hey, I'm angry about this. I'm upset about this, but hey, this is funny. I like this. It's always going to trump. Hmm. So the positive emotion is always going to be more dominant. So we have to look for the positive emotion then. Yeah. You know, the way we're wired, we always go to the negative. <laughs> negative is top. Positive is down here. So it takes us a while to get up to that. I've read papers where neuroscientists have said that the more you practice positive thinking, your actual brain rewires itself. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's so important because it may feel weird to listen to a comedy show. Weird to say, I need a timeout, so I am going to go in the bathroom and lock the door or something like mm -hmm. that. But by being aware, by choosing the positive, it becomes a new habit. That's really important. Kind of feels a little bit like what you're getting at is victim mentality. And when you have more emotional intelligence, you take more responsibility for what's going on with you and have more empathy for others versus feeling that other people make you do things. So mm -hmm. can you unpack that a little bit? If I had a nickel for every time I heard, uh, they made me, she made me, he made me, I've been in there. It's really hard for us to really focus on us and our thoughts and we have choices <laughs> and just because someone else does something that we have no control over a lot of times we get caught up in so-and-so said this so i had to do this nope so-and-so said that because they said it your response to that is your choice plain and simple you took in the information, you process it in your brain, and you chose to act out in this certain way. That's huge because I think all of us do. It's so easy to say, if this person had only whatever, then I could have or I would have. And mm. not just around what makes us angry, but where we feel that we didn't get a chance or it wasn't fair. I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit more because it's a really tough thing. I catch myself doing it all the time. If only that person would behave and do what I think they should do, then life would be perfect. And that's never mm. going to happen, right? 
Exactly. I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Dr. Albert Ellis, and he's a kind of crass uh, psychologist. He's no longer with us, but he really laid down the foundation of cognitive behavioral therapy. It's all about our thoughts. He talks about absolutes. Always, never, should, must, all these absolutes. I would throw in fair. All these words to me are trigger words. So whenever I'm thinking about something, well, this should be this way. And he talks about shooting all over yourself. He's all about what's actual reality. It should be this way, but reality says another thing. Also, he talks about must. It must be this way. He talks about masturbation. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, masturbation. It's like we, we're shooting all of ourselves and we're masturbating. Like it must be this way. But his whole focus was like, okay, what's rational? Let's get down to the nitty gritty and let's focus on what we can control. It, it's funny to kind of bring those things up, but I've had people like in class, like, I'm going to remember that. Like, okay, well, hey, you're walking away with something. <laughs> it's just such an important thing because if we're conscious about our language, we notice how dramatic we can be sometimes, especially when we feel that we've been wronged in some way. I often would joke with my kid, the Academy called, because it's like an Oscar-worthy high drama. It's easy to get that way. And the fact that you mentioned words like always, never, you know, whenever you hear yourself going to those extremes mm -hmm. or having these expectations, the should and the must, mm -hmm. those are the signs that maybe you're going down a path you don't want to go down. It's definitely a snowball effect. And I have to remind myself of that on a daily basis. Like, well, it's not fair and it should and must. And like, whoa, stop right there. Uh, I know to stop that train of thought and uh, try to reevaluate. So what are some good techniques? We catch it. That's great. But how do we redirect it? Biggest litmus test is your body. Anger is a, a psychobiological thing. So your body is going to tell you when you're angry. That's going to be the first thing that triggers. Fight, flight, freeze has been activated. I'm feeling this way. So what we really try to teach people is to be aware of your body. Be cognizant of your body, how it feels, when it's good, when it's bad. But when we're upset, if we're feeling attacked, physically attacked, or I guess emotionally attacked, somebody says something we don't like, our body goes through the same process. So really being focused on that process. I get angry, my blood pressure goes through the roof, and it feels like the top of my head's gonna pop off. So I know right then, hey, I probably need to kind of, like, whatever's going on is not good, so I need to kind of back away. It's really hard to do in the moment. Uh, you know, we tell the guys, um, what we're telling you is uh, easier said than done, but it takes practice. It takes work. Really being focused on the body is huge. Do you find that people use their limitations as a reason not 
to take the steps that would transform their life because they're afraid to do it or it feels too hard or they're worried people won't accept them if they change. Taking on all these limitations helps give them the excuse not to do what they should do. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the people that I work with, I don't want to say love being the victim, but the victim tag helps them. It helps them justify their actions. But we try to get them to rise above that. This is what happened in your past, okay? You have no control over that. You're not in control of the family you were born in or the environment you were raised in, but you're an adult, so now you have choices to make. Is it working for you? Like, what do you want? Like, are you happy? And we really want to ask those questions. Are you happy? Do you love yourself? Can you forgive? Can you forgive others? And that's a, a huge milestone for them because lots of the times they, they don't love themselves. It's amazing because I always do the Myers-Briggs personality test. That's just my, my thing. And nine times out of ten, when it comes back, it, <laughs> they're caregivers. They're nurturers. Wow. Yeah. And I try to connect that. Hey, that's your personality. You've become victim to, I'm trying to care for everybody else but me. Uh, oh, I so, love that point. I love yeah. that you said that because it is so hard and we don't feel good about taking time for self-care. But if we're not our best selves, what are we giving to others? We're giving some pretty toxic stuff back out. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the old cliche. If you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to care for somebody else, right? <laughs> And a lot of times we don't think about the other people. If I'm at McDonald's and I'm ordering a cheeseburger, I'm having a relationship with the person that's checking me out. How am I treating that person? Or how am I acting towards that person? It's really good to kind of, kind of focus everything uh, down to... When we were talking before you came on the show, you mentioned that anger is really the tip of the iceberg, and it's often the culmination of a whole lot of other emotions, and it builds up and builds up and builds up until something happens that is kind of that last straw. What are those other emotions so we can start to recognize them, and then how is that our cue to set a better boundary with other people you've got the water and then you got the the iceberg sticking up okay well you can see the tip of the iceberg like that's our actions that's what we do like i can see that everybody can see that underneath the water that's the majority of the iceberg that's the part that's going to get you and that's where our 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 thoughts our attitudes our beliefs are rooted if somebody says this i believe this and it's in you know contradiction then i'm going to think this and then my action is going to be this so like when we're dealing with anger and stress is like we really have to try to get people to really examine the things they were taught and the things that they believe because i mean you're, you're i mean you're literally breaking down 
their entire uh, structure of life because, hey, my mom said this, my dad said this, I watched this on TV. I mean, it, it's it's pretty amazing, like where our foundations really come from, but we never stop and look at it and go, okay, well that's not correct. <laughs> we just keep going through life doing it. The e- extreme example that I, I you know, I, I typically give is like, how do you think hatred and you know, bigotry? How does it persist through the generations is because they teach it to the younger generations and it just keeps perpetuating. Same thing, like, okay, well, what was I taught? What was I told? Is it true? Is it not true? If people have seen the movie The Waterboy with Adam Sandler and he's in um, college and the professor that looks like Colonel Sanders goes, well, your mama was wrong. And then he tackles the professor because that's what we do. We get, we get defensive. If you're going to attack my beliefs and what I was taught, then I'm going to get defensive. But what we really try to do is try to allow people to like really focus on, okay, well, is this belief working for me or is it not working for me? Because like I said, we're all motivated by our own self-interest. That's just the way we are. So really we try to focus on, okay, well, I was told this, but this keeps happening and it's negative. So let's try to figure out, rewire or retrain that thought process is our ultimate goal. Yeah. And, you know, I notice in my own life, I kind of have what I call a warrior spirit. And so, well, I don't necessarily yell at people or physically act out. I often do feel this, it's me against the world kind of an attitude. And I'm sure a lot of people can identify Mm -hmm. with that where we're always in some way fighting the good fight in our head, right? And whenever we do that and often for good causes right you know the we hear it so often the fight against poverty the fight against cancer we're always framing things as this battle mm. what is it doing to us psychologically that instead of thinking about like you were saying what i want and how do i get what i want how do i do things that are going to work out for me Instead, I'm worried about defeating the things that I think are acting against me. I was just wondering if you could share any insights on that, because it's more common than people realize as a thought pattern. I mean, anger drives a lot of us. You know, like you said, you know, you're fighting for a cause and the cause might be good. Okay, well, the anger drove you to fight for this cause. Okay, well, that's fine. Like, that's good anger. <laughs> but if you fight for that cause, causes you to lose your job and causes you to lose your marriage or you get negative consequences, then, okay, yeah, that's bad. If there wasn't anger and people being driven, then, you know, civil rights wouldn't have happened. It can be a motivating force and it can be a destructive force. So we have to really be careful of not allowing the emotion of anger to fuel our entire lives. Hey, I'm all for anger. 
And like, hey, use it, but don't let it consume you. Don't let it dictate your life. Anger is not bad. It, it can be good. <laughs> so we have to try to differentiate the good from the bad anger. These are so many great lessons. I think, you know, first and foremost, don't make yourself wrong for being angry. Don't go into the guilt and the shame. Acknowledge mm. that you can choose to behave different. Being in the present moment, not the past, not consumed by the past. That's so, so important. And then not being the victim. Understanding that Whatever situations externally are going on, whatever actors are present, that we still have the ability to choose how we want to respond. And then all of the great advice that you gave about recognizing limiting beliefs, recognizing when something's not working for us, and how do we de-escalate, disconnect, re-regulate our nervous system. This has really been like very informative exploration of anger. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. Um, try my best to get the word out there that you're not alone. <laughs> we, we all have anger issues and emotion issues and, you know, talk to somebody and just trying to process can go a long way. Even <laughs> just to have a better quality of life, right? Because you may seemingly be living a normal life but be miserable and be making the people around you miserable because of your anger issues so if somebody would like to learn more or might be interested in working with you how can they find you just go to our website www.freedomanger.com and that will give you the links to you can email me directly my phone number is on there, a little bit about our background, history, just uh, whatever you want to know. So just go to freedomanger.com. Well, thank you so much, James. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this work that you are so passionate about and that you're really invested in helping people live a better life for themselves. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. <laughs>